Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you would take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter, so help you God. Congratulations. You're now members of the 114th Congress. Mr. Chairman, as a foster parent, a father of two adopted children, and a co-chairman of the bipartisan Congressional Foster Youth Caucus, I rise today to recognize May as National Foster Care Month. There are currently over 107,000 foster youth eligible and waiting for adoption, and more than 400,000 youth in the foster care system. In an effort to raise awareness about the needs and the experience of these youth, I am honored to join my colleagues in a bipartisan manner to acknowledge the importance of this special month. Through increased understanding and dedicated caregivers, we can and must continue to make important advances in providing more stable and caring environments for all foster youth. We must focus on learning from state and local child welfare providers, advocates, and foster children to better know how we can help. The needs of these youth are urgent and real, and while there are many alarming facts and figures that reflect the challenges these children face, the resiliency of foster youth remains strong, and we must all continue to do our part. Well, the number one reason why children are in foster care is due to neglect, and the number one reason for that neglect is substance abuse. So substance abuse, mental illness, a lot of times lead to a parent being unable to take care of their child. The state has to intervene and remove that child from the home. Why is this such a passion of yours? Well, you know what? Uh, quiet as it's kept, this is one of the few issues that Democrats and Republicans come together on. Finally, something that's bipartisan. It is. Finally. <laughs> it is. Bipartisan, and we work in both houses of Congress. You know, I had the privilege of growing up with two wonderful parents, and the idea that there are close to half a million children without families, I think it's the responsibility, since the government takes the child from the parent, then the government becomes the parent. So I want to make sure that our government is the best parent possible for these children until their families are able to take back. Ladies and gentlemen of America, if you're wondering where you have arrived, your final destination is AJC Radio, Spotlight on Capitol Hill, Thursday. Tonight we address a special Spotlight on Capitol Hill issue, and that is the foster care system. Next week in Washington, D.C., the foster care shadowing day will be taking place, uh, set up by the foster care uh, caucus uh, folks up there on the hill. Tonight we will deal with the foster care system and give a special invitation for people all across the country to be a part of that great event happening next week in Washington, D.C. Folks, hang on to your seats. This is a special edition, Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Foster Care Initiative takes off right now. And there you have it. I'm Lamont Banks along with Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt. Lisa's on assignment tonight. And welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Uh, this is going to be a good one, Dennis. Uh, we were talking earlier uh, about the importance of foster care, uh, but the system being corrected. Uh, a lot of abuse going on in that system. A lot of things for the American people to tune into tonight as Congress plans for a huge event on the Hill next week addressing a very serious problem in this nation. Dennis, your thoughts? 
Oh, true. And and I tell you, that is a very, very important uh, uh, a reason to get out there and, you know, look at our foster children and try to get them into homes and into positions so they can further themselves. Because a lot of them come from broken families. And I tell you, it, it's rough. You know, if, you, if you're coming out of a broken family, you're trying to get your feet in and trying to move forward. Hey, I'm telling you, this initiative is awesome. It really is. Cliff, as you think about that, uh, you were actually there tonight. We'll be bringing the one-on-one interview that uh, Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Karen Bass gave us live from Washington, D.C. You observed the passion, the push, and really the heartfelt heartfelt emotion, if you will, dealing with this issue. Seems very close to Congressman Marino and uh, Congresswoman uh, Bass's heart. Absolutely. I mean, you look at everything that is involved with the uh, the foster care system all the way from, you know, it goes beyond a child not having, you know, uh, a home or a place to a family to call their own. But as we dealt with uh, last week, you deal with the children that get pushed into, you know, human trafficking, uh, end up, you know, getting into abusive situations where they're forced into prostitution into the sex trade and everything of that nature. So uh, Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Bass are doing a great work uh, ensuring that, you know, the American people understand and are aware of everything that the foster youth have to go through. Oh, and on top of that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there are many members of Congress uh, that are involved with this initiative that will be shadowing those young people next week. Uh, uh, just a, a whole huge bipartisan number of members on the Hill that are involved with this, and that's refreshing as we deal with so many issues that are not bipartisan in, this, in, the, in the Congress. And, but to see uh, Congressman Marino, who is a Republican as well, and Congresswoman Bass, Democrat as well, to come together, when you see them talking cliff as we did, you would never know there was a party separation between the two. Absolutely not. I mean, this is one of the, as you heard on the clip, this is one of the few issues of uh, where, you know, you really, really see that there's a bipartisan push that on both sides of the aisle, they come together and say, hey, you know, we got to get this done. And for those of you who may not know what the uh, Foster Youth Initiative is and the Shadow Day is where the youth come in. They're able to shadow a member of Congress. I believe there's about, what, like 9,900 members of Congress that partake in that? And so the kids get to, you know, follow them around all day. Then at the end of the day, they get to interview the members of Congress, ask them, you know, kind of like, what were you talking about today? So it's really great to really be a part of it. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, us doing what we have to do when we're there next week. No, absolutely. And we're excited about it, uh, given, of course, Cliff, a special invitation by Congresswoman Bass and Congressman Marino, uh, great uh, love and affection for those folks on the Hill. Great deal of respect for those two folks and anybody and all the members of Congress, if you will, that are involved with such an important issue. Uh, We say it once, we'll say it again. The children are the future of this country, uh, and the foster uh, care initiative and the issues that motivate these kids. You're going to hear from some of the kids that have been there and have been impacted. Uh, by this event. Dennis, the disclaimer for our folks, please. Uh, we are not attorneys, and a just cause does not provide legal advice. Please contact your personal legal advisor for your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC Radio. As always, thank you for tuning in and choosing to spend time with us this evening. And thank you, Dennis. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, we want to send a special invitation out to our listeners to go out to change.org uh, as we seek clemency for the IRP6. Uh, David Banks, Dave Zapolo, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Clinton Stewart, and Gary Walker 
uh, six-man IT professionals uh, locked up wrongfully. Tonight we're going to be directing you uh, to go to YouTube and check out a new release uh, of a playwright written by uh, and created by the former federal uh, judge H. Lee Sarrigan and the actors who portrayed the uh, just a piece, a peek, of the IRP6 story. That playwright is available to see in full. Uh, we're going to bring that a little bit later to you tonight, at least the uh, some bits and pieces of it, so you folks can go out there and hear that story. It could not have been portrayed any better uh, as far as the tragedy. There was an impact on these, on these actors that demonstrated clearly that this was a huge injustice cliff as we got an opportunity to observe that unbelievable, the impact that this story is having on the lives of people everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have the actors that, uh, you know, it's one thing to play a role that says, hey, you know, I'm getting into the role of portraying this person, but then for see, to see them get emotional when they begin to deal with the story and, uh, and, and everything that happened, the tragedy. Of, of what happened and to see those actors get emotional uh, because they, they realize like, you know what, this really happened to these men. This is this really happened in the American justice system. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, we talk about it here on AJC Radio, but uh, when you watch that video, when you see the impact that it has on them and, um, you know, to see to see one of them brought to tears about, about just dealing with this actually happened. To five innocent people that the American justice system basically railroaded them. It's, it's uh, and the, and that six men, you know, the, they portray uh, five on the on the uh, enactment, but it, it's very very impactful. Oh, absolutely, and uh, uh, we're going to bring uh, at least the trailer to our listeners tonight to hear it, uh, get a little taste of it, and have you go out there and actually watch the entire the uh, playwright in its entirety. I tell you, uh, it's a production that reaches epic proportions. And epic levels that uh, uh, is very, very uh, much to the point of the injustice that, that is in this country right now. We're going to ask you again to go to change.org, uh, sign the petition as we seek justice for these six guys, uh, and we ask President Obama to release these men immediately uh, based upon the, the huge amount of uh, violation of law and rights and everything you can think of that happened in that case. We'll dig into that a little bit later. Uh, and current events right now, uh, we our, our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of Egypt Air. Uh, apparently, there was a uh, the flight uh, flight 804 uh, apparently has gone missing, um, and they're saying that. Uh, and then again, as far as and the latest uh, update on that is that the debris that was found in the Mediterranean was actually not uh, the debris of flight 804. At least that's what they're saying at this point. Our thoughts and prayers go to the families, the loved ones. We're not sure what's happened. Uh, I guess the plane was three hours late arriving and has not arrived. And I think that's when the, the question came up, something had happened. Cliff, they went as far as this morning uh, to state that everything, the lack of information is giving the indication that perhaps a bomb took that plane down. Uh, and it, it was leaving Paris, going to Egypt. We already know the challenges that Paris was facing with the terrorist attacks that had happened uh, earlier. Uh, so this is something that's very troubling. Uh, this is not a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, the one thing that is for sure is that that plane is missing. It went off radar, so, you know, that says it, it, it crashed. So like you said, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the families 
and, uh, you know, may God be with them to help them in this time of tragedy. No, absolutely. And, uh, again, we're very sorry about that. We'll see what, how that develops. Uh, and CNN was reporting that uh, that, that plane actually uh, did go down, disappeared off of radar. So uh, something that big doesn't usually disappear off radar unless something tragic has happened, unfortunately. Uh, we'll still wait on the facts of that. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, um, we will say that uh, there are a lot of things happening uh, on Capitol Hill, as this is, again, Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. A lot of things going on. we got elections happening. Well, not yet, but a lot of things happening. People are involved. There's a tone in the country, Dennis, uh, a serious uncertainty right now, as we have witnessed one of the most bizarre primary seasons in election history uh, with what's going on. Um, and the American people are somewhat divided, uh, as they normally are in a general election, which is getting ready, it looks like, to take off. As you have observed what has gone on, how important is we address the social issues on this program uh, that we must deal with? How important is it that we get this election right? It's very important. I'll tell you, there's going to be some big changes. Uh, uh, we truly got to come together as a people and uh, really look at who, who, who we want as, as a, the leader of uh, this great nation. Uh, but again, uh, like you said, uh, Lamont, truly, truly, this has been uh, a different type of race. And in both the Democrats and Republicans, I tell you, I've never seen anything like it. I've been around for a little while, but we, we need to still get out there and vote and vote absolutely. for the one that we feel is going to do the right thing for America. No, absolutely. That's critically important. Folks, make no mistake about it. We need to come out in droves. High numbers this year uh, and vote and uh, make sure we are, are voting our conscience and our hearts and our direction. Uh, a lot depends on it as we go forward. Um, so, uh, you know, that's just a note we need to look at. Again, spotlight on Capitol Hill tonight, the foster care system uh, needing hearing a lot of opinions about the foster care system. Not only are we dealing with children that are coming up tough in the ranks, uh, a lot of those kids age out of the foster care system. Uh, feeling like I'm just a number, uh, a lot of them. And it takes nothing away from the foster care parents that are out there that are doing a good doing job, right that are, have sacrificed, have, have basically said, we will go the extra mile to give love and support to these kids. We take nothing away from them, and we salute you. But for those that are out there for a paycheck, those that are motivated by anything other than sincerity and love for these kids, that's a big problem. And you'll find the abuse of these things are happening. The abuse is at such a level. And, again, it, it runs down to, you know, it's a paycheck. How many kids can I cram in a, in a house and get a check for each one? Uh, a lot of these kids we find have been gone into the, the criminal justice system. Uh, no direction for a lot of them. Thus the point of Congresswoman Bass and Congressman, excuse me, Congressman Marino, uh, taking the initiative and caring and again when you hear from some of these kids tonight talking about look somebody really cares about me somebody's concerned if i wake up tomorrow somebody's concerned if i got an education somebody's concerned that i have uh, you know a meal to eat three you know that i have meals to eat and i'm not hungry when i go to bed at night somebody cares this is so critically important dennis you're being a father uh how difficult is it uh to think of the and, and the bottom line is these are children that are in a system of no fault of their own. Exactly, and uh, I, I'm from the, uh, you know, you could say uh, I, I started off in poverty, 
And I actually seen, you know, where uh, families would, would get these foster kids, and it was all about a dollar. And, and I tell you, it was, it was sad to see, you know, that the kids, you know, were pulled out of a foster home into a home where the parents really didn't care nothing about them. It was all, like you said, about that paycheck. Again, we take nothing away from those foster parents that are doing the right thing. And, and truly, you have to commend uh, Congresswoman uh, Karen Bass and uh, uh, Congressman Tom Marino for what they're doing. I mean, it's all about, like you always say this, uh, Lamont, you said the children are our future. So let's do the right thing. Let's make sure that these kids are taken care of. And if we do put them in a home, that it's in a home full of love and, and compassion and care. No, absolutely. And those are, again, those are good points. We're going to deal with all of that tonight. Uh, and we're going to address these issues. Um, what, I mean, what are we doing with, the, with America? America has so many issues with our system. Uh, and, it, it all, you know, it all, goes, it all points and goes right back to one thing, the criminal justice system. And what are the doors that are left wow. wide open that kids are simply running through because they have no other direction to go? That is a serious problem. And we have to be able to offer alternatives to children. Alter- you know, some of these foster kids, years ago I worked in a, in a place called the Ark here in Colorado Springs. It was a rehab center that uh, teens were actually sentenced to. Uh, and I remember working there, uh, and I was able to read the files while these kids slept at night. I read the files of some of these kids. Un- you, I mean, kids that had seen their parents murdered massacred in front of them and they ran and they took off they didn't know what to do suicide notes in those uh books talking about how many times these young people have attempted suicide uh to take their life because of what they had seen and again they had been in the foster care system that needs to be an overhaul of that system that needs to be a true digging out and caring people they, I mean, it sounds like they need to be approved by members of Congress, by the judiciary, or the hearing hearings to That's approve true. these people that are that are actually uh, have been entrusted with these children. Something has to be done about it. You find stories of sexual abuse on these kids for years in the foster care system, being sexually assaulted. And you know what, Cliff? They have nowhere to go. So when they're there, get it given really an ultimatum: you'll do this or else. Well, they don't. Ha- they don't want to go to the street. This is this is really bad. Exactly. I mean that that's why what uh, Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Bass are what they're doing is so important because they. I mean, when you talk to them, you really you really understand that their passion is for these children and that they don't want to see the kids in the street. They don't want to see them in a home where they're being abused again. I mean, they've been through enough. Just like you said, I mean, you, you read the, uh, you know, the case files on these kids. You see what they go through. The last thing you want is then to put them in an environment where they have some more pain, some more heartache. And, uh, you know, this initiative really, really show, I mean, out of, out of all of the spotlights that we've done, I think this one is the most critical because, Again, like you said, the children are the future, and if we don't protect them, if we don't uh, nurture them and and let them understand that you know America is about them, then where does our future lie? Oh, and I mean, absolutely right. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this event, uh, Foster Care Initiative Shadowing Day, happening next week in Washington D.C., uh, and you're going to hear from some of those kids in the past that have actually gone to some of these uh, uh, initiatives, some of these. Uh, 
uh, Shadow Days. Also, they're doing it actually in Los Angeles and other communities where this initiative is being pushed. Ladies and gentlemen, on the other side of the break, we're coming back with Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. Tonight, addressing a very serious issue, foster care in America, and the event and the, the crossing of the aisle, if you will, by members of Congress, namely Congressman Tom Marino and Congresswoman Karen Bass, setting aside politics and getting to the heart of the issue that America's children stand at risk. The foster care system and that discussion happens next on the other side of the break. We'll be back. This is AJC Radio, Spotlight on Capitol Hill. We're coming right back at you. Ladies and gentlemen of America, coming to Let's Talk, May 31st, Tuesday at 7 p.m. A Just Cause presents Robert Blagojevich, the brother of Rod Blagojevich, the former governor of Illinois. In June 2010, Robert went through a trial with his brother, suffered huge injustice. This is a story so compelling, you want to tell everybody to be there. This event is happening at 451 Windchime Place in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Call today at 855-529-4252, extension 710. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a humdinger. Let's Talk kicks off with Robert Blagojevich. We'll see you then. When does it stop being partly cloudy and start being partly sunny? Why is the word abbreviation so long? Are English muffins just muffins in England? Why is it called a washing line and not a drying line? Do fish get thirsty? If ghosts can walk through doors, why don't they fall through floors? Do you yawn when you sleep? Prunes are dried plums. How do they make prune juice? Why do doctors leave the room when you change? They're going to see you naked anyway. Do board chefs wear hairnets? How much deeper would the ocean be if all the sponges were taken out? Do you believe someone who says they're a chronic liar? Why is sandwich bread square and sandwich meat round? Life's full of hard questions. Ask one more. You might just save a life. pitches teaching him to hit a home run. Spent countless Saturdays running routes so he could learn to hit an open receiver. Endless afternoons teaching him how to hit the three-pointer. But how much time have you spent teaching him what not to hit? Teaching boys that all violence against women is wrong is one of the most important things a man can do. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org. Brought to you by Futures Without Violence and the Ad Council. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances.
And welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen of America. Your destination tonight, Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. I'm Lamont Banks along with Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and the AJC radio team. And I'll tell you right now, folks, tonight is an important discussion. We're dealing with foster care in America. But more importantly than that, we are addressing the actual steps that are being taken to address the issues in foster care. And we're talking about the foster care uh, the Foster Youth Caucus up there in Washington, D.C., Shadow Day happening next week on Capitol Hill where members of uh, Congress actually are able to shadow with ch- children, or rather, are able to shadow with members of Congress, get an idea of what goes on with our lawmakers and a sense of uh, acceptance, if you will, or opportunities, a feeling of feeling like someone believes in you. Uh, Congresswoman uh, Bass made the statement before. Now they have an opportunity to actually follow up with those kids after they leave Washington, D.C., to actually see their progress, see what's going on. And, uh, Dennis, when you when you hear that, how uh, honored must these children feel when they go back to their respected areas across the United States and a congressman picks up the phone and says, hey, I'm calling the check on you to see how you're doing? Oh, they must have. It must feel awesome because I, I was thinking about that. I was like, "Wow, I, I'd like to go on that tour. I like to go well, absolutely you know, shadow a congressman." You know, I, I learned something too. But I tell you, they're they're going to be happy, and that shows a lot. That shows a lot of concern for not just that day, but like you said, afterwards, I'm going to give you a call and check on you. That's awesome. That's awesome. You yeah, know what? And you go know ahead, what? Also, what it does is, I mean, we think about these kids, who they are, where they're from. It gives them that sense of belonging yeah. that, you know, no matter who may not have wanted me before, no matter who may not have been concerned about me, no matter what's going on. You know what? I got a member of Congress <laughs> called me up. Yes. Like, like you know, when you get that cell phone call, and all your friends are like, well, who's calling? Well, guess what? This is Congresswoman uh, Bass. She's calling me up to find out how I'm doing it. And, you know, you, you get just imagine they say, no, yeah. you're lying. You know, that's not what's going on. But when they see that number from Washington, D.C., and they put that on speaker and say, can you, you know, my friends want to know who this is. I'm <laughs> they talking don't believe to. me. And you have a member of Congress say, this well, is Congresswoman Bass. I'm calling to check on Jeannie, just seeing how she is. She spent the day with me last week. Just want to see how she is. That has to give them a beam of happiness oh, yeah. and, and just a whole new hope to say, you know what? It's going to be all right. <laughs> I agree with you 100%, I tell you, because it would it would definitely. I would be beaming. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Because <laughs> I tell you, that's truly awesome. I mean, it, it, it as a foster child, or you know, you 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 have to believe that somebody cares, right? And and once you get that belief, and and that belief is uh, validated by true care, concern, and love, oh, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. You know, absolutely. And th- again, those are critical critical points. Uh, I, I'm understanding why. Uh, Congresswoman Bass and Congressman Moreno and the entire, uh, those all those involved in the members of Congress, I uh, believe Congresswoman uh, Sheila Jackson Lee uh, is part of this as well, and others, not to leave anybody out, all of you up there doing what you're doing, uh, we are so appreciative of your efforts, your service to this country. Uh, reading an article of April 29, 2016, they asked the question, did you know that 13% of the prison population Grew up in foster care. Wow. 13% grew up in foster care. And I'm going to share the story with you, uh, written by Sidney Robinson. It says, it's a sad reality that crime and poverty move in circles. 
with one leading to the other and generations of families caught up in this mess. In April, the White House released a report titled Economic Perspectives on Incarceration in the Criminal Justice System, which revealed that a significant percentage of people in prison in America grew up in the foster care system. As the report notes multiple times, the growth in incarceration rates are not all due to increased crime, but rather changes in policy. Crime rates have fallen sharply between 1980 and 2014. Violent crimes rates fell by 39%, and property crime rates fell by 52%. It is a well-known fact that the U.S. justice system is bloated with the largest prison population in the world. But the reality of the, of the causes and effects of that gigantic population is staggering. In addition to the 13% of prisoners who grew up in the foster care system, 10% were homeless in the year leading up to their imprisonment. 65% of prisoners did not complete high school. 14% have less than an eighth grade education. Over half mental health problems. 65% regularly used alcohol, while 70% were regular drug users. When you think about those numbers, and that's what we're saying about the foster care system, a lot of them become addicted to drugs. They are looking for outlets to deal, to cope. When you read those numbers, it tells you right there, if we can fix the foster care system, if we can give hope to these kids that, you know what, life isn't over for you, some way, somehow, and that's going to be an absolute cleaning of the house, if you will, that has to happen. Uh, because until you get the the folks, the adults that are looking over these children with the right mindset, then I'm not here for no other reason other than a sincere heart for the children of America to give hope where hope has been taken. We are going to have a problem. And it, it gives a very clear perspective of why Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Bass and all the members of Congress involved with this initiative, it is so critically important. Dennis, your thoughts on that? Exactly. And then I, I thought about, as you were talking, Lamont, I thought about uh, the last uh, interview we had with uh, Congresswoman Bass. And when she said that, you know, we, we have to enable the parents. So, so not only find a foster parent for these children, but once we find one, we have to enable them to do what they need to do to ensure that these kids are educated that these kids are given the opportunity to move forward. If we just give them to someone and there's no oversight, if we're not in any way, once it's like a pass, you know, I pass you the ball, you got the ball, run with it. Right. If you make a touchdown, you make one. If you don't, you don't. But according to uh, Congresswoman uh, Karen Bass, no, nah, that's not the key. We're going to give them the ball, but we're going to help them make that touchdown. Absolutely. Uh, point well taken there, Dennis, and a good point made. Uh, and one key issue uh, on an article, uh, uh, this comes by comes from uh, Health Impact News and MedicalKidnap.com. The staff wrote this article. It says the U.S. foster care system, modern-day slavery, excuse me, modern-day slavery and child trafficking, foster care, the best interest of the child or child abuse. As we, we've discussed, as we've heard from Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Bass, that May is National Foster Month, honoring, uniting, and celebrating families. But is this really what foster care is doing? Theoretically, foster care provides a temporary loving, nurturing, and safe home for children who are removed from their own families due to neglect or abuse. 
This theory helps those involved in the system sleep good at night and feel like heroes. Molly McBrath Tierney, the former director of the Baltimore City Department of Social Services, gave one of the most insightful TEDx talks about the problems with the foster care industry, an industry where children become a commodity that profits doctors, lawyers, judges, social workers, and advocates, and other organizations, an industry that can only exist by taking other people's children, an industry that damages the very children it purports to be helping. She goes on to explain the trauma inflicted on children by the foster care industry, saying, we're digging a wound so deep, I don't believe we have a way of measuring it. This dismantling of families, it has enormous consequences. Kids that grow up outside of families, they don't master the things that can only be learned in that context, like who to trust, how to love, and how to take care of yourself. And that, frankly, does more damage than the abuse and neglect that brought the kid to my attention in the first place. That is so very true. And I think, again, we have to fix this thing is so big. Wow. Not only do you deal it's with the, not only do you deal with the foster care parents, but the real parents. But the real parents. What aid has been taken? Steps that have been taken to aid Cliff. These say these if they're drug addicts. What steps have been taken to give treatment to these parents that may be feeling like they have nothing but despair to look to? And see that that's the key. Is that you know. It's got to be about people on on every side. It can't just be about, you know, well, uh, I'm going to get that paycheck or, you know, I'm I'm trying to get some resume stuff. I'm trying to get this experience, that experience. It's about the people all the way across the board. It's about the, the kid that's in foster care. It's about the parents, about rebuilding and trying to put that family back together because that would be the best the best case scenario you could put that family back together in a you know uh, an environment that's safe that's um, you know nurturing and everything but uh, you know Congresswoman Bass and, and uh, Congressman Marino they got it right they said they said this these are the things that need to happen and you know over years of of studying the foster care and and finding out what's going on with the kids they have put in the time, they put in the effort, they put in emotion, blood, sweat, and tears to say this is what it takes to make the foster system successful. And if I'm not mistaken, Congressman Marino is actually a foster parent. Yes. Uh, And, you know, you don't get any better hands-on, if you will, than that. Uh, We've talked about Congressman Marino's uh, uh, challenges that he faced, that he faces as a father, different things with illness in his family. Uh, and then, as, again, a foster parent, uh, wow, what, what do you say to that, as, as well as getting up every day, going to Congress, doing his job, and to be able to, you know what, this is what that's about. It speaks to the character of Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Bass, to be able to say, you know what, let's reach, a, not only reach across the aisle, let's jump over it. Exactly. And uh, let's get involved and embrace and talk and feel this is what brings change. The politically reaching across the aisle is not going to do it. Right. It has to be a heartfelt. And Cliff, we noticed that between Congressman Marino yes. and Congresswoman Bass, you would—they are family without question. If you see them, oh man, y'all grew up together, or you know, that's how serious it is, Cliff. We we, we commented I mean, it, on that. It is the most genuine uh, care and concern and camaraderie. Yeah. That that you I mean that you could ever see between between two people is that okay we have 
uh, you know, and 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 you like you said, I mean, Marino's a Republican, Congresswoman Bass, she's a she's a Democrat, but when they come together, it's like we are going to get this together, and we are working together to ensure that there is no contention on, uh, well, you know, what would the other Republicans think, what would the other Democrats think? No, it's what do we do to to get this issue dealt with? How do we ensure that when we work together? That it's an example for other members of Congress to say, hey, we can come together. And like, like you say, you know, the aisle is gone when it comes to them, too. It, there, there is no, okay, I came across the aisle. No, this, this is like two people who grew up together, yeah. who, uh, you know, working together as comrades to ensure that uh, what they set out to do, especially with these, with, these, uh, with these young kids, with the foster children, especially with that, it's just, you know, because when we were there talking to them, it's like, you guys are friends. I mean, I mean, there, yeah. it, it, there's no okay. Well, this is my job, and you know, I got to deal with her or I got to deal with him. No, this is my friend, and we're working together to ensure that these kids get what they need. It, it, it was beautiful. Well, that's awesome, and uh, folks, I'm not going to hold off the dinner any longer. Table is set, and the biscuits are hot, butter's melting, folks. Let's go get on to that interview with Congressman Tom Marino and Congresswoman Karen Bass as we get ready to hear their position and their heartfelt passion for touching the lives of America's children. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill special, and we are privileged and honored to have Congressman uh, Tom Marino uh, from Pennsylvania who's doing some good things along with Congresswoman Karen, uh, Congresswoman, Congresswoman Karen Bass, is that correct? Yes. And uh, thank you folks for joining us today. We're going to uh, get into what you folks are doing. The I believe the humanitarian spirit of America starts right here on Capitol Hill with these two folks. Yes, and they're doing some good things. Uh, and and, and uh, they said that somebody called them Tom. And is it okay, Karen? Uh, we'll have to address you as Congress because that's the special uh, <laughs> title that you folks have. So uh, let's go forward with it. And and who is the chair of this particular? Karen started it, so I'll let her take it and okay. start off because she came to me. Okay, that's why I wanted to be part of it. Okay, Congresswoman Bass, uh, tell us the uh, the passion that got you involved with this. Well, a few things, you know. Um, Foster care and children who are vulnerable in our society is an issue that all of us care about. Sure. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do this because most people only hear about us when we're in disagreement. There we go. And it's not considered newsworthy when we actually work together. Yeah, isn't that correct? But you will find this issue uh, looking at and, to, and looking at policies for kids who are in the foster care system to be a real bipartisan issue. So when I learned about Tom and learned about his background, because he is a man with a heart as big as he is, and uh, especially for children, and one thing that we have in common is that neither one of us where I should say both of us need to focus on policy sure. because if we're too close to the kids, we'll move them all into our house. <laughs> so, right. so working okay. on policy is the best thing to do. Absolutely. And, and it's a system, the child welfare system is a system that is really fixable. We okay. know what's wrong with it and we know what to do. And so we set out on this journey a few years ago and bit by bit trying to improve the system. 
Okay. And what steps? Yeah, what are you doing? What exactly is it that you guys, how does your program work? What is it? What do you do? Well, a, a couple of things. You know, one is, is focused on policy. So we have worked on policy in regarding the sex trafficking because that's one of the uh, yeah. really painful parts of the system where the kids fall through the crash. Sure. But um, what we do in terms of getting our uh, colleagues involved in the issue is sometimes we'll put on a dinner, we'll have a speaker that comes. Or we'll go to uh, each other's districts. So Tom came to Los Angeles. I went to Pennsylvania. You know, the United States is so big, and every state and county is really different. And so if you're going to change national policy, you really kind of need to know what's happening on the ground. Sure. And so that's why we take other members of Congress and travel around. And then once a year, we bring foster youth here. And that's really the highlight of the year when we do that. Um, and, and Tom... We, we felt from you definitely uh, in the last interview uh, your heart uh, for everything that, that he does. So when he mentioned this, he said, well, there's a youth initiative that we're working with, Congresswoman Bass. And, and this is, to me, the perfect picture of what unity is on, in, the, in this body, uh, in this institution. Uh, we have an African-American Congresswoman. Democrat. Democrat. And we have a Republican, Italian American, that says, and I'm telling you folks, when you see these two together, man, that's sincere love. Let's just put it what it is. Uh, that's sincere love. And I believe that is what is greatly missing in America today. And when you see it with our leaders, our elected officials, I'm telling you, it gives me chills to see that. Because you know what? That is the picture that America doesn't see. This is why we're committed to doing what we do. And we'll continue to do it over and over again. I think the children being an issue in this country, as you said, the most vulnerable group of people, uh, young people, and here's the key, they're the future of America. Right. If we don't reach out now, what happens to the legacies that we leave behind? Well, if nothing else, for selfish reasons, if, if you eliminate everything else, and for selfish reasons, these are the kids, the people, the young adults that are going to be taking care of us and looking out for our interests. So why not, if for nothing else, and there, there are many else's with us, but, you know, why not do that? The other thing is, is that um, we know what happens when we don't. Because if you look at our jails and our prisons around the country, they are filled with youth who were in the child welfare system. And we didn't take care of them there. And so when they, uh, quote unquote, age out of the system, which really happens between 18 and 21, and in some instances, that means we just cut them off. And then what do we expect that's going to happen? You know, they become vulnerable. That's why sex trafficking is an issue. Uh, They get involved in gangs. But um, our prisons are filled with young people that... If we had taken care of them on the front end, they would not be in jail. And I think that speaks volumes that the response to that statement. Nobody wants to take responsibility. Where where did we as a society go wrong? But at the end of the day, if we say, look, this is what happened, but this is how we can fix it. Right. To me, that that outweighs all of it. We we recognize we have a problem. As you said, the prisons, we talk all the time on the spotlight on Capitol Hill with members of Congress, criminal justice reform, criminal justice reform, prison reform. What are we doing from our, uh, is it prison, from school to prison pipeline? 
kicked again, going back to the system and feeling unloved or uncared about or not counting, cleaving then to the gangs, to the drugs, to the unexplainable um, behavior, if you will, that puts these kids, we call them at-risk youth, uh, and to reach out and to do what you folks are doing as members of Congress is a mind-blower. It really, really is. I take it, uh, the term at-risk is... is uh, it's a, a good term, but I think a better term is abuse kids, oh, wow. abused children. Okay. I was, a, you know, I was a prosecutor, sure. and I tried most of the, the cases, whether it was in the, uh, the state system or the federal system, where we had uh, child abuse, uh, sex trafficking. My, my office and I, as a U.S. attorney, we put away one of the largest sex trafficking gangs on the east coast of Pennsylvania uh, my last uh, year, the east coast, not just Pennsylvania, the entire up and down the east coast, uh, we put these guys away for uh, 30, 40 some years and they were abusing and beating and threatening not only the, the, the women and the, the, some boys as well, sure. uh, but their family members. And it's you know, as a prosecutor, I have to check my emotions, but my dad might have handled that situation a little bit. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, how long has this program been going on? And what is the vision of the program in the in the in the future for Well, we've we've both been here. Can you believe it? We're in our We're sixth six year. year. We came together. It Did seems you? like. We've been here for a minute, but uh, we got involved right away. I think it was probably like the end of the first year, beginning of the second year. You came in running. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, well, and I think both of us came here. Well, I should say neither one of us, I don't think, were living and dying to be politicians <laughs> and uh, or to be right. in elected office. Yeah. And so to me, and I and I do believe you feel the same way too, we have to be very purpose-driven. There you go. And so identifying an issue to work on and focus on, because otherwise there's so much going on here. Right. You can just get all spun up in the whirlwind of the day-to-day, yeah. but um, and, and if you do that, then you're not really driving an issue, you're not mission-driven, and so, you know, the child welfare system needs to be updated and transformed, and the reason for that is because as we develop an understanding of child development, brain development, you know, there's more information that we know, and so some things we have been doing for many years, we maybe need to stop doing, and I'll give you an example. You know, the, the number one reason why children are removed from home is because of neglect, not abuse. And okay. sometimes that neglect might be related to mental illness, it might be related to substance abuse, but we've advanced a lot in society. We can treat some of those sure. issues. I mean, I've had, uh, especially teenagers, say to me, and it just tears me up when you hear, you knew my mother was sick. Why didn't you help her? Why did you take me away? Wow. And then we take them away and bounce them from home to home to home to home to home. They're completely traumatized. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. So that's an example of as we advance in our understanding, uh, we should update right. sure. the system along. And, and we find in our country the poor uh, urban neighborhoods, people where, again, we deal with the, um, when I was growing up, I'm, I'm 47 years old. So I consider myself an old-timer at this point. 
So, well, you know, when I remember growing up, where you know you have show and tell on Thursdays or whatever in, in elementary school. What do you want to be, Lamont, when you grow up? And you got the police officer that comes in. You have the all the you know the regular folks. I'm going to be a doctor or a policeman. And as a kid, you looked at the police as heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your protector. Your protector. How difficult is it to restore the belief again in our in our children that the police? And this is what I believe sincerely in my heart that police officers. Are, for the most part, are out there to, to protect. Yeah. I said to my uh, to Lisa uh, and Cliff not too long ago, you remove the police off the streets today in America, you have yeah. chaotic situation. Absolutely. The problem in America, though, is that, and that's all well and good, but to, we must address the breakdown, the racial division in America right now when it comes to those communities, those poor communities that feel like I can't call the police at this point because you know what? My son may get shot dead. I mean, we, we don't want to talk about it. That's the reality. How, and I believe your program at least begins to build a foundation of, of, in every way. But there's something else that sure. we should do, and it's proven effective. When I was a district attorney in my coming county of Pennsylvania, we initiated uh, community policing. Mm-hmm. We right. took the police officers, the officers, the sergeants, the lieutenants, mm-hmm. so on. We took them and we put them in high crime areas. I worked, I worked closely with, we worked closely with the housing development people. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of the kids are that are at risk. So we took one of the apartments and we made an office there. So that officer was responsible for that in the surrounding areas. It cleaned up inside of a month. And you couldn't believe the information that, that wow. was, was voluntarily given. You couldn't believe the, the atmosphere. Uh, the kids were bopping in and out. I, my dad was a firefighter, so I lived next door to the firehouse, so I was yeah. bopping in and out of the firehouse. That's what the kids were doing, bopping in, in and out of the police station. Right. And, and on a first-name basis. Okay. But getting back to the foster care aspect, sure. when you say foster care, many people think of uh, babies, <laughs> and that's it. They don't. They do not realize uh, the eight, nine, ten, twelve, fourteen year olds oh, gotcha. that are out there that have been moved from foster care home, foster care home, foster care home, okay. and they're they're thinking and lonely, still unwanted, unwanted. unwanted. Yeah. I met a, a, um, a young woman who was um, 18. She was in the foster care system from the time she was two. By the time she had 18, she had been moved 66 Oh, my God. God. Now, you tell me what type of stability, what type of emotional attachment oh my God, that she she had, had to have zero self-worth. Right, exactly, because the kids say, why did you get rid of me? Why did you move me? And and typically the kids are given 24, 48 hours. Sometimes they're packed up in a trash bag. Plastic trash bag. Right. Put your stuff in it and send you away. 
Now, you know, what that does to a child psychologically, and then what we tend to do, and I don't mean we personally, sure. what tends to happen is, is that then we medicate them because they misbehave. Well, they act out. Well, of course. I mean, you know, kids in the best of circumstances act out. They're troubled kids. And uh, the fact that something else that we have to get there, some counties do it, many do not. We have to prepare the foster parents. Right. We just can't call up somebody puts their name on a list, and and sometimes it's because of the money that they sure. get yeah, to right. take care of those children. Right. And I and I had a situation where I took on a foster uh, child, uh, one of the foster children that was in my daughter's uh, class. He was he was turning 18, and they were going to throw him out. They threw him out of the house, but he was only a junior in high school. But yet he would tell me stories of they would have bologna sandwiches, and he, these people were having steak and lobster. Wow. And Plus, these How are kids. These are troubled kids. Right. So you're not you're not going to get the leave it to Beaver, uh, sure. a lot of time for your right. foster child. You and we need to sit down with foster parents and explain. Here's the background. Here's the mental health issue. You have to be prepared for this. Right. You just can't say one day I want to be a foster parent and then two weeks later get a kid. Right. Yeah, I think you need to go through classes. You need to go right. through training, and you need to see some of the not so pleasant side that can happen with these kids because they they haven't been taught anything. One of the things that I don't have the answer to, but it's a question that I really have to answer, and Tom mentioned it a minute ago, and that is how do you begin to distinguish a foster parent from somebody that wants a small business? Wow. Because these kids can become a small business. And, and I've heard uh, foster parents, actually I went past a training one day, and I was listening to a couple of women speak in the restroom, and they were adding up how much they could get. Oh, my God. They had an extra kid. And then if wow. the kid is on medication or special needs, then the rate goes up here. So Are you kidding me? You know, and, and I think that the overwhelming majority of foster parents are there because they have hearts of gold. But one, and I don't know the answer to it, but in sure. some way, because I want them to be paid, you know what I mean? Those that need to be paid, not everybody does, right. but those that need to be paid. Sure. But I want to figure out how they're paid and they're not giving out bologna sandwiches. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, and they're treating be. the kids equal. Or, or the other thing that you hear about is the refrigerator's locked. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't go in. Or I'm wearing the same clothes all the time because the foster parents aren't using the stipend for the way it's supposed to be used. Well, I'll tell you what, and we are respectful of, of, of Congressman Moreno and Congresswoman Bass's time. Uh, man, we could talk for the, into the night uh, on this issue, and, and we are, are troubled uh, by what you have told us, but we are encouraged that you are doing something about it. Um, and I believe until you educate them, the American people, on the issues and how critical it is to distinguish is this big business? Right. Seems like everything in society that's supposed to fix issues becomes a corporation. So the money maker. Uh, comes a money maker. And that's something that I don't think, ladies and gentlemen of America, you could have two better people uh, doing this. We feel what you're saying. I mean, you can feel it in this room. Uh, the heart, the sincerity of these two members of Congress that have come together and have crossed bipartisan lines uh, to look at the big picture. We need more of that here on Capitol Hill, and we're, we're grateful for you folks taking time with us today. We also need to think about adopting foster yeah, children. Absolutely. I had a That's detective right. that worked for me, and he was a foster parent. He and his wife. 
and there were four, four biracial children. He took them all, and within several years, he adopted everyone. Yeah, that's right. And I, it's just the next step, the right. next progression. But yeah, right. another time, that Karen and at, at her uh, leadership, we passed legislation federally to help kids, mm-hmm. whether it's in school, whether it's for healthcare, uh, numerous things. Here's what I want us to do as we close this interview today based upon these, ladies and gentlemen, these two members of Congress, Congressman Marino, Congresswoman Bass, have worked tirelessly today, and they took time to come and talk about an issue that's very dear to their hearts. We as AJC Radio are going to every program Put out the information about what you two are doing here on Capitol Hill for the foster care, whatever the proper term is. We ask that that information be given to us, right? And we will put it out on our airways every time we sit down at a microphone. Well, I would like that, and and I'll follow up with you okay. specific information because right now we've talked about the Congressional Caucus on Foster Youth. Sure. But Tom and I are also involved in a whole separate nonprofit called the National Foster Youth Institute. And that's where the general public can get involved. Right. The okay. Congressional Caucus is about Congress. Okay. The National Foster Youth Institute is about the public getting involved in the issue. So we'll okay. follow up and give you that because we would like for you to promote the institute Absolutely. because people can go to our website and they can get involved. Get the okay. information to us. Look, we can have you folks come on conference call to the studio and finish sure. and talk about sure. those discussions if you guys can work schedule. Why don't you come back when we have the youth? Oh, my gosh. When is that? Oh, wow. And we're going to have probably close to 100 youth who will be shadowing their member of Congress, and uh, they'll be from all over the country, and that is the end of May, but we can give you when that will be. Would we have an opportunity to Shadow sit out with you folks again? Sure. Sure. That initial sure. Absolutely. Sure. We'll bring a lot of Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You know, I've learned so much yeah. from these. It won't be Kleenex to be sad. It will be Kleenex right. to be Listen, right. I'll tell you what, and ladies and gentlemen, you've heard that Agency Radio commits to that yeah. in May to come back part of that initiative. We will be here to uh, to bring that to you from Capitol Hill with Congressman Marino, Congresswoman uh, Bass, and all the beautiful children uh, that will be here at that time. We are excited. And thank you so much for taking time with us. We intend, this is a, a relationship, folks, built in heaven, if you will, a marriage built in heaven, and we're going to build on it between uh, Congressman Reno and, uh, let me make sure, because they're not married. I'm making a point. <laughs> don't get off the track. Don't get you in trouble. But we are excited about the relationship here, and uh, we're excited about that. I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah. And you, you've given us a formal invitation to yeah. be here for that, yeah. and yeah. Uh, we will uh, we'll definitely uh, get back with us on those details. Then we thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you, folks. Well, there you have it. Uh, wow. What an interview with two champions for America's children. Congresswoman Karen Bass, in her first term, created the Bipartisan Congressional Caucus on Foster Youth, along with co-chair U.S. Representative Tom Marino, and intends to examine national standards of care in the child welfare system. Tom comes from a background of hard work, he quickly established a strong voice and a presence at home that has undoubtedly helped carry him throughout his successful career, and Tom has developed a passion for helping others, passed down from his father, 
who was a firefighter. Two champions that have embarked upon a journey that's not easy. But what we have found tonight, in a very short period of time, America's children are surrounded by champions. Today, we recognize those champions and the youth foster care initiative held by Congresswoman Karen Bass and Congressman Moreno has enlightened a fire in our nation's capital. We'll be right back for Spotlight on Capitol Hill as we continue to address this issue in saving America's children. We'll be right back. Did you know that over 1.5 million children in America have parents who are incarcerated? These children cope with the pain through drugs, alcohol, anger, and violence. It is so important. So important. It is so important for communities to provide preventative and intervention services. Don't make them do it alone. Become a part of the community. Community. The community. Become a part of the community for hope. anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855 855- 529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. Good morning, students, and welcome to Career Day. I hope you're excited to hear about all the great things you can do when you grow up. Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. I'm super excited to introduce my dad because he's my hero. When I was little, my dad was away a lot. But I was okay with that because he was doing this really important work, driving ambulances in Iraq. Now he's at home, which is great for me because I get to see him every day now. And he's still the biggest hero I know because he tells all the ambulances and the fire engines where to go and rescue people when there's an emergency. I'm so proud of him. He's awesome. He's my dad. If your service-connected disability prevents you from continuing in your civilian career, Voc Rehab offers counseling, training with a living allowance, education, and other services to help prepare you for your next mission. So most people don't understand the importance of exercising and eating right. Most people think it's about getting super buff or eating grass to keep that perfect bod, but to those who believe that are wrong. Exercising regularly and getting the right balance of nutritious food leads to a common diagnosis known as healthy. Now healthy may sound mainstream and boring, but it's real. It improves your immune system to prevent sickness, boosts self-confidence and controls body weight, gives you energy and improves your overall happiness. So next time you think that's not bad, think again and be the best you you can be.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Tonight we have joined, if you will, ourselves on a journey, and that is the foster care children of America. Without question, we are in a race to save the children. What does that mean? It means all of us as a nation getting involved and making the tough choices, making the sacrifices that will determine and shape a nation, will shape America's tomorrow. That starts with our children. Tonight we have learned that Congresswoman Karen Bass, Congressman Tom Marino, just to name a few, have decided to join in this fight in saving the children of America. The Foster Care Initiative kicks off next week in Washington, D.C., the week of May 23rd, where children from all across the country, from every background, from every race, from every religion, who are in the system trying to find their way out. Tonight, AJC Radio has chosen, in a just cause, to shine the light on the members for saving our children. And welcome back in tonight to this program. I'm Lamont Banks along with Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and we'll get some thoughts of that interview that the American people just heard. Dennis, what do you say to that? That was very touching. I mean, it was it was kind of fun listening to and 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 seeing their compassion. You know, for for the foster uh, children of you know this this United States of America, and I, I tell you, it really hit me when uh, you know when when uh, Congresswoman uh, Karen Bass spoke on uh, the one the the one girl that from start, two, you know started at two, two years, years old. old. Yeah. You know that was very touching. Had been in sixty or more. You know, sixty Different plus homes. Home, and and, and then how. Uh, Congressman Tom Marino came back and said, "You know what? You know we got to get them from foster foster care to adoption, and that was really touching right there. Let's get them. Let, they might be in foster care, but uh, but our, our our final goal is let them get. Let's get them adopted. Let's get them in a family where where it's permanent. Well, and you sure, know, it's not up and down. Sure, Cliff. Your thoughts is you know we did the interview, but listening to it again sounded brand new." Yeah, I mean, you you hear the compassion, you hear the just the caring, and 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 you know the the sad things about it. Uh, when Congresswoman Congresswoman Bass said, you know, that kids just become a small business. I mean, that really just rips your heart out. That there are people out there who will take the uh, you know the tragedy of an abused. Uh, child, the tragedy of a broken home, and say, you know, like she said, she heard the woman talking in the bathroom, talking about how much more income they could get if they took on another foster child, or if they got a child that had special needs and needed medication or some type of particular treatment. Those things, you know, wrench your heart. But then to to hear the two of them talk about, you know, what they want to do and how uh, how how they ensure that uh, every program that they're doing for the foster kids, how they push it to the limit. 
I mean, you know, Congressman Marino said, you know, he had a, a, one of his officers that, you know, he started out by being a foster parent. But then he went the extra mile after, you know, over years of being a foster parent that he adopted four, four children. Those are the type of things that warm your heart. And, and being there and listening to these two and how uh, just how they come together, how they just complement each other on on uh on on this issue about these kids i mean no one who would ever you know hearing them talk about it you 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 understand that they really they really feel for the kids but i'm telling you seeing the two of them together in person and yeah. talk about what they want to do for kids there is absolutely no doubt there you cannot mistake their passion for anything else except that they want to ensure that these kids have what they need to have a prosperous life. oh that's without question cliff and uh you know, it'll, it'll sit here and, and you hear the stories. We're going to hear from some of those kids, the impact that this particular initiative all across the country, counties, states that are starting to say, let's do something uh, in giving back uh, is absolutely uh, amazing. And, and uh, Dennis, when you think about it, we really have something big here. This is no small thing. Uh, I think we, again, as a nation, have closed ourselves off to the issues that matter. We talk about incarceration. We talk about drug addiction. We talk about teen suicide. We talk about all of these troubling things in our society. But let's get to the root of it. Yeah, eventually we got to get up from the table. I mean, we could sit around the round table forever and we could talk, talk, talk. But eventually we got to get up and we got to go do something about it. And I tell you, Listening to Congresswoman Bass and uh, Congressman uh, Tom Marino, I'm telling you, they got up from the table, and they're they're out there. They're they're walking. The, they're talking to talk, and they're walking to walk. And 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 again, as you both you you and uh, Cliff said, the compassion is truly about the children. Yeah, it, it's not about you know the the fame. It's not about uh, you know giving me all the credit. It is about the children, and I think it's awesome. It, it absolutely is. You know, when you use the analogy, you get up from the table. Uh, you know, every, everybody wants to come in at Thanksgiving dinner uh, and sit down and, and cut the turkey and pass the cranberry sauce and the warm biscuits. But guess what? Somebody's got to get up and clean the table. <laughs> That's right. they got to wash the dishes, and, uh, you know, you'll see folks if they're invited to something like that. Well, we'll see you next year. Who's going to stay and clean up the dishes? Exactly. Who's going to clean up the mess and the work that went into cooking dinner? Look, the bottom line here, Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Bass said, you know, you guys go ahead. We're going to clean the dishes. We're going to roll up, roll up our sleeves. And, you know, folks normally have their Sunday best on at Thanksgiving. Somebody's got to go in that kitchen, roll up their sleeves, and not mind getting a little dirty to get the job done. And we use that analogy because America loves Thanksgiving. There we go. <laughs> but it is a reality that someone has to pick up and start the work. And I think to your analogy, you got to get up from the table sooner or later. And uh, what a great uh, interview with those folks. Folks, if you want to join in the conversation tonight, uh, the number is 347-838-8976. That's 347-838-8976. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Your thoughts on Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Karen Bass and the work uh, that is being put in. And when they made a point, Dennis Cliff, they're going on their sixth, sixth year, I would have thought they were longtime veterans 
in Congress, given the commitment exactly. to what they are doing, is absolutely mind-boggling. And boy, our hats, ladies and gentlemen of America, uh, we tip our hats to Congressman Marino, uh, Congresswoman Bass, and to all the members of Congress who have decided, who have decided to get involved and to be a, be a part of something so special, uh, is critically important. Uh, as we were talking earlier, the, some of the kids have, have uh, of the in the foster care system. Uh, are speaking about the impact. We're going to play some clips tonight, and again, we're going to get into discussion. Folks, feel free to pick up your phone. Uh, it's it's really nice across the country tonight uh, as spring and summer and all those good things are starting to just kick in. Uh, if you're on the back porch, you know, phone out there with you, your, your Samsung, your iPhone, whatever you have, uh, pick up the phone and call in. We'd like to hear from you tonight on this important issue. It's, it's easy to sit silent, but we together we need to hear the good things that are going on in this country and the efforts that are being made, and everybody's got to have an opinion about the children of America. I, I don't know who wouldn't have something to say. Again, that number is 347-838-8976. Right now we're going to go to a clip of a young lady speaking about the system and what we're talking about tonight. and getting them out of dangerous environments. However, it's not as good as it seems. One out of every 184 children in the United States are inside the foster care system. Some statistics are insane. That it's not something that you can just look at and say, it's okay, it's fine, you know. In the end, it's a good system and it's worth it. Because you have people coming out of the foster care system Males, for instance, are four times more likely to commit a crime and ten times more likely to commit a crime if you're a female. That should not be the case. If you're going, being taken out of a dangerous household and then being put into a supposed safer household, why are you suddenly falling into a life of crime? 25% of kids that go into the foster care system end up homeless after they age out of it within four years. You're seven times more likely to use drugs, two times more likely to end up drinking, and five times more likely to end up with PTSD. If you're in a happy home, how is that possible? I think the craziest statistic has to be that 39% of kids that end up going into the foster care system the first time they're entering in are five-year-olds or younger. The foster care system needs to be adjusted. Maybe completely taken apart and just restarted. This is why I'm starting this petition. Children are the future and they don't deserve to suffer like this. Wow. Uh, from the mouth of a young girl, not a, not a college graduate, not a career woman, not someone who specializes in advocacy for foster care, we're talking about a 12-year-old girl speaking volumes. Cliff, when you hear that type of knowledge from a child, the adults of America are without excuse. Absolutely. I mean, you're looking at this kid, and uh sounds like you know she's speaking from experience, but understanding the entire concept and the problem of what's going on. And if that if that 12-year-old little girl can gather that much information 
and have that much feeling and understanding about the foster uh, the uh, foster children of America, then we as adults, I mean, we don't have any excuse to be able to say, you know what, let me try to do something to, you know, to help the issue. Let me try to do something to educate those who may not know just anything. I mean, when you <laughs> you got a a kid like that that's laying out statistics, right? Just, you know, just really telling it like it is, saying you know these are the stats for boys and girls, and uh, it's really encouraging on one hand, but on the other hand, it's saying you know there is a serious problem that needs to be dealt with um, with the foster care system. But like uh, Congresswoman Bass said, that there is a way to fix it. That there is a uh, you know there 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 is a process on getting it fixed between education and you know and basically exposure about what's going on. The system this is a system that can be fixed. There, you can't say that about every system that's going on in right. the American government, but uh, they are fairly confident that they can fix the foster care uh, system, and we want to do what we can to help them. No, oh, absolutely, and uh, I'll tell you right now. Some of the problems she's talking about. Why are children put in dangerous situations when the foster care system was designed to protect? The uh, story comes um, from Katherine Johnson, state's uh, lawsuit. State gave child foster care license to known abuser. Um, the Hennepin County Human Services Department allowed the placement of a foster care child into the home of a Brooklyn Park woman who had a record of substantiated child abuse. According to the lawsuit filed Monday in U.S. District Court in Minneapolis, in December 2014, six-year-old Kendra Johnson was found dead in that foster care mother's home. The child was found hanging from a bunk bed in her bedroom. Five Eyewitness News reviewed the child's welfare record cited in the lawsuit that showed that Hennepin County Child Protective Excuse me, protection authorities knew in December 2000 that the foster care mother, Tennessee Nkwavu, had a record of child abuse. But because of a little-known state law, commonly known as the look-back law, Nkwavu was granted a foster care license by DHS in October 2011 because a defined period of time had expired since her violation, thus allowing her to become eligible to take care of abused children. All foster care applicants must undergo a background check by the state prior to a decision being made on whether to grant a license. A January 2011 DHS background studies memo stated Nkwavu physically abused her child or a child in her care, according to the document reviewed by Five Eyewitness News, and which is referred in the lawsuit. When she was asking an interview about the DHS record, Nkwavu denied ever having a record of child abuse. I don't know about that, she said. That's negative. That's the first time I've heard of that. When you hear, Dennis, what the young lady was saying, and look, I'll put it to you this way. Whether this woman was railroaded and maybe she didn't have a record, that's one thing. But see, that's, that's, all, that's another topic of corruption. But I think it's necessary, Cliff and Dennis, that every step within fairness and within reason must be taken. Nobody got hurt or broke an arm or fell out of a tree. Somebody was hanging from a bunk bed in this house. Yeah. How serious is that, Dennis? It, it's very serious. And uh, as we were listening to the young lady earlier, 
she spoke volumes to the fact that you take me out of a, uh, a, 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 a bad situation and put me in another one. But you know what's strange as we as we've been talking, you would think that loving a child would eventually if 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 I if I wanted a foster child, you would think that it was that I I, I wanted a child of my own or you know what I'm saying? Sure. I wanted I wanted to uh, make an addition to my family. And and with that being said, you would think that eventually it would lead to adoption. So the foster like the, like the child said it needs an overhaul, and, and I think that's what I know. Without a doubt, that's what Congressman, uh, 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 Congresswoman uh, Bass and uh, Congress uh, Congressman Tom Marino is trying to do. They're trying to make sure that we fix the foster care program itself, not just you know putting it, you know getting children a place to live and a place to stay, but a place where they can go and they can get educated, they can learn, and they can be loved. And if love is involved, eventually, I tell you, it's going to lead to adoption. But it's sad that we have to do these criminal background checks. we got to do all this stuff because people are trying to, you know, get in the foster care program for all the wrong reasons. Absolutely. And, uh, but it, it, it's good, Cliff. It, it, I'm, I mean, to be honest with you, there is optimism to be had here. Yes. Uh, when you see and hear what's going on uh, with members of Congress tonight, the special spotlight on Congresswoman Bass and, and Congressman Marino, uh, we have a reason to be encouraged. Awesome. There are steps being taken. Los Angeles, again, uh, Congresswoman Bass's territory, um, one of the largest issues in foster care, in human trafficking, and all the things that she was alluding to and right. talking about. Uh, it's critically important. We're going to hear right now from the kids that are speaking about the impact of the foster care initiative all across the country. Treehouse motivates me to think about my future and to believe that I can be successful. This is a, famil- a fulfillment of our dream. Someone on the federal level is actually talking to us. And it gives us the ability to speak. Because sometimes there's still this perception that no one listens to us, but really that's not true. In Florida, the caucus heard about a small change to education law that could have huge implications for students in foster care. There's a conflict, really, between FERPA and the Social Security Act. So. We really want the federal government to take a look at this tension in the federal law. And actually, in your packet, you'll see that there is a draft of legislation, and and it's so simple and so easy and so clear. All it it does is put the child welfare agencies into FERPA in that list of exceptions that they have. Well, there you have it. Uh, so people are working hard behind the scenes, Dennis. Uh, and this is one meeting. You, got, you heard the children saying, it makes me feel like I can fulfill my dreams. Uh, when you hear that, Congresswoman Bass and uh, Congressman Marino should sleep very well at night. Because I think, uh, Dennis, that's the purpose, isn't it? That is the purpose. And I tell you, hearing those kids elated and happy and like, wow, I got a chance to do something with my life, that's great. Well, they're saying somebody cares. Yeah. They're saying, Cliff, I mean, uh, yeah. 
that 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 is what that is the part of of that clip that just just really hits you in the heart is because that little girl made the statement that you know that everyone who cares about a foster kid that they're looking that they're looking for that she says that you can't say anymore that nobody cares about me you you that child came to the realization that somebody cares about me and that is that is the beginning that is the first Absolutely. step and these these children recovering that is the first step to to make them understand that somebody cares you haven't been thrown away you haven't been uh you know uh thrown out it, it's not like your uh you know like like your your throwaway case that's not what it is and for for that child to realize that not not it didn't have to be said to her anymore she's like somebody cares about me that is the important part that is the first step to getting these kids to recover from all of the abuse, all of the neglect, everything that they've gone through uh, as a child to get them to realize that somebody cares, that is where it begins. Oh, absolutely. Love is absolutely the key. Feeling love, feeling like there is a tomorrow to wake up to. Uh, and you heard the enthusiasm on the, in, the, in the voices of these kids that I believe I can fulfill my dream. What That is something and make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen of America, this is the purpose, this is the reason uh, Foster Care uh, Youth Initiative in Washington, D.C., and that caucus set up to, uh, to address the issues that face a nation. And I think that is what's encouraging. And at the end of the day, we talk about, oh, what's not happening on Capitol Hill? What this isn't happening? And Congresswoman Bass made it plain. She said the only time we really are reported on is to speak about where we disagree. But it's not news to talk about people coming together. That's a sad state of affairs for the United States. You think that would be news? AJC Radio sets the standard, and we step outside the box to bring that news to the American people, because I believe, Dennis, it changes the morale of the country. If I'm sitting around sad about a foster care system, after listening to Spotlight on Capitol Hill tonight, you know what I do? I go get in my bed, grab a cup of coffee, maybe a Danish, and celebrate as I get ready to think about the optimism that faces this country. This is awesome stuff. Good thoughts, Dennis, on that. Indeed, very awesome. I t- I'll tell you, because with this initiative... Not only is it giving the child, the, you know, the ability to dream, but also to believe that they can obtain that There you dream. go. And I tell you, it's awesome. That's awesome stuff, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this is absolutely amazing. Temperatures rising here at AJC Radio. And, uh, again, feel free to call in at 347-838-8976. Uh, coming up here in, on the, in the next segment, uh, shortly in a little bit, you don't want to miss it. Call your friends and family. We're going to be taking a peek into the H. Lee Sarakin, federal, former, former federal judge H. Lee Sarakin, and his playwright of the IRP-6. We're going to have an extended version tonight of what you didn't know. And I'll tell you what, folks, call your family, your friends, you know, lawyers and judges and prosecutors. Get them all around the table because tonight we take a look at a production that goes to a whole nother level here in America. We're coming right back, folks. We're going to wrap up the foster care initiative, get a, get a little more information on that, and inform you folks of what's going on across the nation. But right now it is 66 degrees and cloudy here in Colorado Springs. Los Angeles, it is 70 and partly sunny. 
On our nation's capital, the sun is shining, I believe, on Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Karen Bass. 68 degrees, a few clouds. And in New York City, sunny and 63. Folks, a good spring night. Uh, pull out the kickball. Let the kids play a little longer tonight because spring and summer is in motion. We're coming right back here on AJC Radio as we continue to bring the message of justice all around the world. We'll be right back. I'm a mother. I'm a father. I'm a sister. A registered nurse. I serve my country in the United States military. I'm your neighbor. I sit next to you at church. And my child was arrested, held in custody, questioned without my knowledge, exposed to violence, witnessed to rape, placed in solitary confinement, unable to call or see me, shackled to a wall, beaten, sentenced as an adult at age 17, sentenced as an adult at age 16, sentenced as an adult at age 15. We felt lost, isolated, ostracized, misjudged, terrified. And in the absence of all hope, my child took his own life. And then I found the Alliance for Youth Justice. They gave me the support and resources to get through one of the most difficult times in my life. Now I know I'm not alone. And neither are you. Now we have a voice. Now we We have have power. In numbers. In numbers. In numbers. We we can can make a difference. There are approximately 2 million children in the juvenile and criminal justice system in this country. These are the faces of those families. If you are the family member of a child who has been in the justice system, or if you are someone who supports this movement and is ready to make a difference, visit the Campaign for Youth Justice at www.campaignforyouthjustice.org. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Clark. I'm Chase Crawford. Hey, what's up? It's Usher. Hi, I'm Rachel Dilson. I'm Hayden Christensen. I'm Peyton Manning. Hey, we're Fall Out Boy. I'm Dan Archuleta. I'm Corbin Blue. I'm Kristen Bell. And we're the Jonas Brothers. Do something good for your community. Reuse bags and bottles and always recycle. Help us collect a million pounds of food. Help people prepare for natural disasters. Do something about homelessness. Anyone could be a rock star in their community. So then do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Visit dosomething.org to find out how. I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm not given the opportunity. If you don't recognize my talents and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it works. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. We have a big problem, and we need your help. It's happening on college campuses, at bars, at parties, even in high schools. It's happening to our sisters and our daughters. Our wives and our friends. It's called sexual assault, and it has to stop. We have to stop it. So listen up. If she doesn't consent, or if she can't consent, it's rape, it's assault, 
It's a crime. It's wrong. If I saw it happening, I was taught you have to do something about it. If I saw it happening, I speak up. If I saw it happening, I'd never blame her. I'd help her. Because I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. We need all of you to be part of the solution. This is about respect. It's about responsibility. It's up to all of us to put an end to sexual assault. And that starts with you. Because one is too many. Here are 50 white guys. Here are 50 black guys. Here's how many white guys can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. The chances amount to one out of 17. Now here's how many black guys can expect the same thing. The chances are one out of three. Why? Lots of reasons. It's complicated. But one thing is clear. There's racial bias at every level of the criminal justice system. When blacks and whites commit the same kind of crimes, blacks are more likely to be arrested. Once arrested, they're more likely to be convicted. Once convicted, they're more likely to serve longer sentences. Look at the numbers in America's so-called war on drugs. About 14% of American drug users are black, as are about a quarter of drug sellers. Yet blacks are 34% of the people arrested for drug crimes. And those convicted of drug crimes, 46% are black. By the time we factor in sentencing, there are actually more black drug offenders than white ones in state prison and in federal prison. In the end, the incarceration rate for drug crimes is 10 times higher for blacks than it is for whites. These are the facts. Racial disparity in America's war on drugs is one big reason that one out of three black men can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Spotlight on Capitol Hill. This is AJC Radio. Wow, and if you're wondering what is the upbeat temperature or the heartbeat, heart rate may be moving, Dennis Cliff, uh, uh, people, the audience of America, we've heard some things tonight. I'll tell you what, got you feeling pretty good about these two members on the Hill. Dennis, your thoughts? Oh, outstanding. I'm telling you. They, they're, they're, these are heroes. This, this initiative is great. It's all about the foster children. I'll tell you, doing the right thing, and I'm happy. It sounds like we need more of those folks uh, on Capitol Hill. You know, these are heroes to me, role models that you look up to that care about the people, the children of America. Uh, these are critical. Hold on a second. What is that? Hold on a second. That hears me. Got to see that's how I dream to be. There you have it. That was a commercial I used to listen to growing up, playing basketball, and no disrespect to, to Michael Jordan, he's an excellent player. And one of uh, who I grew up really admiring. But, you know, when you think about that commercial, we got two names we got to change on that. And that's to be like Tom Marino and Congresswoman Karen Bass. Hold on, folks. 
And that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen of America. This is AJC Radio, and we're doing it up tonight as we have found another hero. And I believe, Dennis Cliff, the children of America may be changing that song to be like Congressman Tom Marino and Congresswoman Karen Bass as heroes that are affecting a nation. Dennis, when you see that, we come from the old school. What does it do to you? <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. That's all I got to say. I tell you, this, Congresswoman uh, Karen Bass and uh, Congressman uh, Marino, you guys are awesome. We truly appreciate your efforts in pushing this initiative and your concern for our foster children. We truly appreciate you. I'll be your awesome. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we give a shout-out to uh, uh, not only Congress, Congresswoman uh, Karen Bass, exactly. Congress, Congressman Tom Marino, the staff, uh, Jasmine over there, uh, Dan over there, and then uh, uh, Congresswoman Bass's office, as well as Ansley uh, over there for Tom Marino's office, Congressman Tom Marino. Look, surrounded by, guess, good people, and you know what? It shows, and uh, Cliff, uh, man, is the temperature up here at AJC Radio what tonight? As we 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 talk to the caregivers, if you will, of the children of America. Yeah, I mean we've had plenty of champions here on AJC Radio on uh, Spotlight on Capitol Hill. You know, people that we commend for what they're doing, but this one takes the cake. When you say we are out, uh, you know, putting in the work, the time, the effort to ensure the children have what they need. I mean that that takes all right there. I mean, that goes awesome. above and beyond, uh, you know, and, and uh, taking nothing from the other uh, members of Congress that we've spotlighted, but this program with Congressman Marino and Congresswoman Bass, watching out for the for the kids of America, I mean, the, the foster youth, um, I can do nothing but tip my hat to both of you. Well, if that didn't cause you to cross uh, party lines, yes. uh, I kind of believe nothing will. Um, these are are, are things that, again, it gives optimism to you, makes you feel really good that, you know what, it's not going to remain the way that we've seen it. And everybody, again, is talking about the changes that have to take place and the changes that have to come. And I'll tell you that these are important things um, that we must take a look at, that we must say, wow, somebody is doing this. And you know what was really mind-boggling to me I haven't heard it on any news stations. A little bit, you hear about the announcement that the kids are coming to D.C., but who's digging into that to really give the American people a point of view, close-up, of what's going on here, Dennis? AJC Radio, I tell you right now, they're they're out there in the front making sure that people understand that there are some things that our congressmen and women are doing that is really making a difference in our society. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Cliff. I mean, everybody wants to, uh, you know, harp on the negative things that are going on. They, you know, and I understand, you know, yeah, it's uh, the primary, the race for the White House. Yeah, well, that'll be going on until November, at least. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the positive things, the things that say, look, this is for the children. This, These are the things that matter. I mean, and, and sure, the presidential race, that matters absolutely. But these are the things that are shaping our youth for the future, that are ensuring that they are provided with, with uh, what they need. And to, to have members of Congress that say, you know, we're going to do what we need to do. We're going to dedicate, uh, you know, time and, and, and allow the kids to follow us around, see what we do, 
and then, you know, in the end to gift them to have that feeling like the little girl said on that clip, I know that somebody cares for me. That, that, those are the type of things that, you know, really just, just warm your heart about this program. Oh, absolutely. And we want to take a couple of minutes right now to thank Congressman Tom Marino, Congresswoman Karen Bass for giving us an exclusive interview uh, there in Washington, D.C. Uh, we are so excited about next week. Uh, and uh, we are ready to go and be a part of something so special. Uh, honored to be a part of something so special. It, it means a lot. Uh, and we want to say, folks, if you want to get involved, you want to be a part of something that's special, uh, contact Congressman Tom Marino. Contact Congresswoman uh, Karen Bass. These are not folks that's going to ignore you. You know, these are people that believe in what they're doing. And when you begin to talk to them, uh, uh, Cliff, we got the impression we were just family. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just how it felt. And uh, uh, this is a good thing that's going on. You can go to both of the prospective websites of each congress, congressman, congresswoman bass. You can go to their website, take a look. Uh, they have all this information there. Uh, check them out and, and be in, get involved. I think that's important. We have to get involved, and that's critically important. And we want to, again, thank you so much, uh, Congressman Marino, Congressman Bass, for taking time and and honoring uh, Just Cause and Just Radio to be a part of something so special. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is critically important that we continue to address the issues, the tough issues that are not always easy. But right now we go to uh, a very special edition of what you didn't know about the RP6. As we said earlier, the uh, federal retired judge, H. Lee Serikin, who has followed this case of the RP6 and the injustices that lie, he felt compelled to do something, put a playwright on. We're not going to play the whole playwright for you, but we're going to give you a little teaser and give you an opportunity to go back and watch the entire. It is a production that sets the bar of professionalism and impact. Let's take a listen. A just cause has found something very interesting. A playwright by Judge H. Lee Serrigan about the RP6. It starts right now. Take a look. My name is David Banks, and I'm serving an 11-year sentence at the Federal Correctional Complex Prison Camp in Florence, Colorado. I've lost everything. My business, my money, my family, my future, my church, and my freedom. My name is Gary Walker, and I'm serving a sentence of 11 years in the same prison. Just to decide, not only were the six of us all devout members of the same church, there was not a single criminal charge or conviction among any of us until these unbelievable events unfolded. My name is Clinton Stewart, and I'm serving a sentence of 10 years at the same prison in Colorado. It's fitting that we lived, prayed, and worked together that we should end up dying together because that is what prison is for us and our families. I am Kendrick Barnes, and I am serving a seven-year sentence at the same prison in Colorado. I was the chief information officer at IRP Solutions, the name of our company. I testified, and then Gary objected. A Donnybrook broke out. Because Gary said our Fifth Amendment rights had been violated by compelling us to testify. The judge said she had not said anything of the kind, and we demanded the transcript. 
We were all absolutely unanimous in our verbatim version of what she had said. She denied production of the transcript for that day and at the time, some 200 pages, but assured us that they would be produced at the end of the day. Transcript of that particular conversation in the courtroom between us and the judge has never been produced. I am Demetrius Harper, and I'm serving a 10-year sentence at the same prison. And then in June of 2009, four years later, they finally got a grand jury to indict us. This time, they only called one witness, an FBI agent. And the old adage that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich was proven. This is a production that sets the bar and takes a sincere look at the RP6 story. Judge H. Lee Serkin, retired federal judge, felt compelled to say something. We will not remain silent to see the full story, the full playwright of the RP6 tragedy. Go to YouTube. Search the race card. You don't want to miss it. Some people think that business is a game. And what we have learned is that business actually is war. And they wanted people to sign non-disclosure agreements and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes they didn't want to do it. It's strange to me. I think it's still strange. It just absolutely makes no sense. Is this really real? Is this happening? And then all of a sudden your whole life is ripped apart. What we have learned is that the RP6 story was supposed to be the American dream is an American nightmare. They were floored that uh, they were even being raided. Um, it became very clear that the court-appointed attorneys were not working for the guys. Um, and it seemed like in many cases that they were um, collaborating or working with the prosecution. We constantly hear in the news, every week you're going to hear about another person wrongfully convicted. And this is a unique case in the sense that you have six men, six businessmen that have been wrongfully convicted. You would think the media would jump all over it. Justice is not fair anymore. They say justice is supposed to be blind. It's not blind. It's not blind. They pick and choose who they want to convict and who they want to send to. Is this happening in America? The American dream of the RP6 has turned into a nightmare, crying children left behind as a result of a corrupt system and corruption. We will seek and search for justice. We will ask the tough questions. We will demand answers as justice lays idle in the streets of America. We look for the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, go out to change.org, sign the petition now. America's future depends on it. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, 
the revolution has started. The playwright by Judge H. Lee Serekin, federal retired judge, speaks volumes. It impacts, it speaks to the truth. What we've done tonight is give you a sneak peek into that playwright production. You can go out to YouTube, and for those that are absolutely out of the sync, out of sync rather, with the internet, it's www.youtube.com. Go out there tonight, search the race card, and the video will be available. There will be a link there to watch the video in full. Tonight we have given you the opportunity to hear just a little bit. And Dennis, when you hear that, what, what do you feel? Wow. I truly feel that our justice system is broke. Uh, truly a gross injustice to these, uh, these men who uh, wanted to do nothing but uh, create software that would protect our nation. And I tell you, it's sad. I mean, uh, when you hear the, the, the passion in the playwright, in, in the actors' voices, uh, they're feeling it too. Absolutely. I mean, we're trying to understand how such a gross injustice could, could happen and there's no recourse. Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you what, the, and Cliff, uh, we commend federal, former federal judge H. Lee Sarakin, uh on his work, his engagement, if you will, into this story. You are familiar with the steps that uh, uh, Judge H. Lee Sarakin took in looking at this case and is compelled to do something. Your thoughts, uh, Cliff, on that? Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time talking to Judge Sarakin, and, uh, you know, he, we reached out to him, our, our team reached out to him, and talked to him, and, and you know, he gave us some, uh, he gave us some requirements, said, you know, I want to see the transcript, this is uh, what I want, this is the information I'm looking for, and he told us right off the bat, he said, he said, if I find that anything that you guys are telling me about this situation, that if it's if it is not accurate, if you guys are, uh, you know, stretching the truth or if you're if you're misstating, if you're telling me lies, then I'm going to drop it uh, altogether. I will not pursue it. I will not uh, speak with you again about it. After he looked into it, after a very short while, he 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 came back totally fiberglassed, just uh, yes, as everyone looks at it now. And for the last, what, three Almost four years, Judge H. Lee Serkin has been dealing with this case and has gotten to this point where, you know, he did the playwright uh, down there in San Diego or, or the, the actual play uh, where they put the play on down there in San Diego. The San Diego Tribune uh, wrote a story up on it. And, uh, you know, he said he said this is the first playwright that he's done because he, he's done several of them. But he said this is the first one that he's done where he has actually cried about uh you know the plate the playwright that he did because this this story is so uh you know impactful it's so it's so just insane when you look at everything that happened and then you look at the fact that this happened in the Amer in the American judicial system and judge H. Lee Sarakin as a former federal judge as a former uh, appellate court judge you know, looks at it and, and, you know, has to come to the realization that, you know, this is a system that I spent my life 
working in. This is a system that I gave so many years, so many years, um, you know, but then to see this type of thing happen to to some innocent people. And, you know, he he felt compelled to do a playwright to say, I need to put this on video so that everybody can see it and, and put his name to it. That is the part that uh, really, really is is uh, just compelling because Judge Sarakin, uh in his letter that he wrote, you know, to to President Obama for the clemency for the IRP six, he said, I've never asked for clemency for anyone, anyone the whole time he was a judge, the whole time he's been retired. And you're talking about a guy who's been in part of the system almost wow. 60 years. He said, President Obama, these men deserve to be free. And that's why we're asking you to take action as the uh, actors do in this playwright sure. to go out there and, and uh, sign the petition and support Judge Sarakin's request. Yeah, and correction, it's, it, ladies and gentlemen, correction on the title. It is the race card face up. The race card face up. And when you go out to YouTube, that's what you want to actually uh, type in the search area. Face card face up. Uh, the face card, the race card, the race card, excuse me, face up. We got that. I've said that too many times. Uh, but it is the race card face up. The reason that's important, many times the race card is something that's face down. Why is that? Because we cover, we hide, we tuck away. We don't want to ask the tough questions. We don't want to deal with the answers that we're going to get. The title, the race card face up, says this was a blatant act without any fear of the consequences that would follow. Our hats off to Federal Judge H. Lee Sarakin for what he has done. And I'll tell you right now, folks, this is something that you want to do, and this is something that has to happen. Go out to YouTube, see the video in its entirety, go to change.org as this message continues that, that it basically must go out. We have no other alternatives here. We seek justice. For years, these men have sat and languished in a federal prison for, guess what? Absolutely nothing. Unacceptable. There are perpetrators of justice who are responsible. Who are they? Dennis. U.S. Attorney John Walsh, AUSA Matt Kurtz, AUSA Sonata Harza, Attorney Greg Gerber, Goldberg, Federal Judge Christine Arguello, Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes, Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock, Appellate Judge Harris Hartz, Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson, Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer, Court Reporter Darlene Martinez, FBI Agent John Smith, FBI Agent uh, Robert Moen, uh, federal, uh, former Federal Agent John Epke, former Federal Agent Gary Hilberry, Attorney Thomas Goldridge, Attorney Clifford Bernard, Attorney Thomas Richard, Attorney Robert Berger, Attorney Mitchell Baker, Attorney Boston Staten Jr., Attorney Rick Cornfield, Attorney Mark Gergos, President of ETI Professional Services, Susan Holland, and Samuel K. Thurman. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio as we continue to bring the message of justice all around the world. We'll see you next time here on AJC Radio. A just cause has found something very interesting. A playwright by Judge H. Lee Sarigan about the RMP6. It starts right now. Take a look. 
My name is David Banks, and I'm serving an 11-year sentence at the Federal Correctional Complex Prison Camp in Florence, Colorado. I've lost everything. My business, my money, my family, my future, my church, and my freedom. My name is Gary Walker, and I'm serving a sentence of 11 years in the same prison. Just an aside, not only were the six of us all devout members of the same church, there was not a single criminal charge or conviction among any of us until these unbelievable events unfolded. My name is Clinton Stewart, and I'm serving a sentence of 10 years at the same prison in Colorado. It's fitting that we lived, prayed, and worked together that we should end up dying together, because that is what prison is for us and our families. I am Kendrick Barnes, and I am serving a seven-year sentence at the same prison in Colorado. I was the chief information officer at IRP Solutions, the name of our company. I testified, and then Gary objected. A Donnybrook broke out, because Gary said our Fifth Amendment rights had been violated by compelling us to testify. The judge said she had not said anything of the kind, and we demanded the transcript. We were all absolutely unanimous in our verbatim version of what she had said. She denied production of the transcript for that day and at the time, some 200 pages, but assured us that they would be produced at the end of the day. Transcript of that particular conversation in the courtroom between us and the judge has never been produced. I am Demetrius Harper. And I'm serving a 10-year sentence at the same prison. And then in June of 2000, they finally got a grand jury to indict him. This time, they only called one witness, an FBI agent. And the old adage that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich was proven. This is a production that sets the bar and takes a sincere look at the RP6 story Judge H. Lee Serkin, retired federal judge, felt compelled to say something. We will not to see the full story, the full playwright of the RP6 tragedy. Go to YouTube, search the race card. You don't want to miss it.